Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
T2Q radio show number, uh, which one is this, 441, starts right now. All right, first of all, I want to apologize on my voice is a little shot from a sore throat. I feel like I'm getting better, but it's not as strong as it normally is, so forgive me for that. But let me go to, uh, well, first let me set up the show, and uh, then I'll get to the callers. I mean, maybe it's just me, but it seems like more couples who have been married for over 10 years or more um, are getting divorced. I've encountered couples with 10 years of marriage all the way up to 22 years who are calling it quits. Why is that? Do situations change after a certain period of time? Does a person just get on your nerves and after a decade you can't take it anymore? Is it neglect? Well, that's what we're going to discuss tonight and more on the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts just opinions. Let me go to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, and bring on Buck. Buck, what's going on? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing all right, man. How are you? Doing good. Just got back in, doing a birthday celebration for Paige tonight. Happy birthday, dog. Hey, thank you. (laughs) She turned 29 for the umpteenth time, so... But, uh, you know, she she should be happy with her age. She she doesn't look her age, so that's great. But um, just uh, other than that, just trying to stay dry. It's been raining all day, so damn near need an arc to be in uh, with all this rain we get. Not good. All right, I'm going to travel to the 248 area code outside the Motor City of Detroit. And welcome on, Crystal. Crystal, how are you? Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. And let me go okay, to the good. 601 area code and Jackson, Mississippi, and bring on Eminem. Eminem, what's happening? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? All right, 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show. And, Buck, I'll start with you, man. What's the most common reason for divorce, in your opinion? Well, I just give you. I just, I go by example. The only the main reason that I got divorced because, and we have been, been married ten years, been together twelve. But just, I mean, we grew apart. I mean, it, it just difference of opinion on a lot of different things. Um, just uh, you know, you, you just can't fight that over time. I mean, when you you sit there and you you try to explain stuff and it didn't work, and you know there's a better reason, better way to handle it, and regardless to the better way of handling it, you still want to handle it the wrong way. And you continually doing that over and over and over again on a variety of different things, you, you, can't, deal, you can't deal with it. All right. Crystal, what do you think? What do you think is one of the main reasons for divorce? No, well, I think mainly um, what Buck said, you know, people grow apart. Um, they didn't know each other in the first place, uh, or they, you know, they got married too young, or they were pretending to be somebody they weren't. And um, of course, money, and that's just that's just a symptom of it, really. Money and all mm-hmm. the other stuff, cheating. But the really is that the the people really don't love each other, or love. Well, love is not enough anyway. Not when it comes to marriage. It's more to okay. it than that. People don't realize that until they get married. <laughs> okay. I think both you and Buck are right. 
But Eminem, there's still another reason I'm missing. I think it's the main one. What do you think? Well, I mean, OPP, man. <laughs> but, uh, uh, of course, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, Buck and Crystal has, you know, they, they eloquently, you know, said it because that's, that's probably the, the root root. But, you know, uh, a lot of times it's just, you know, people advance on opportunity. You know what I'm saying? If you are a poor couple, you know, uh, struggling and shit, you know, uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, uh, by the way, that's a non, you know, black movie, so to speak, is uh, The Color of Money, you know, and the, the way Paul Newman was schooling uh, Tom Cruise. And then mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, you know, he didn't, he wasn't just hitting on his, his girlfriend or whatever, but he was kind of just, you know, he had the money and stuff, and they were struggling and shit. So, I mean, that's the real world, you know. Uh, and then a lot of times with the, you know, and that's pretty much from a woman's end of fucking up. And on the guy's end, it's just like, uh, you know, it's various things, you know, opportunity, um, stress relief, just, you know. uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I I think OPP is the main reason that people cheat, and fidelity. Uh, I definitely understood what Buckingham and Crystal were talking about um, as far as money and growing apart and all of that, but... Um, more times than not is infidelity, which it, that could be caused by what they mentioned, the growing apart and things of that nature. But, um, Crystal, why do you think, uh, what do you think causes someone to think that cheating is okay in a marriage? I mean, it, it's one thing to cheat in a relationship. That's bad enough for some people. But to be married and to actually cheat just seems like the ultimate sign of, you know, disloyalty. Well, a lot of times uh, people compartmentalize their relationships. Uh, when you have a wife or husband, then that's their role. Their role is to be the mother, the their wife, whatever. But when um, you have someone on the side, then they that's enough. That's a completely different relationship that has nothing to do with their family. So I don't think a lot of times. When you're cheating, that you look you look at it as um as in you know the worlds don't collide, and uh, it, that's how you're able to do it without it um you know in your mind is how you're able to do it. And I think a lot of people feel that way when they have you know side relationships. My family is my family. That's my wife. That's my family. And my girlfriend, my boyfriend, or whatever is is my boyfriend. You know that has nothing to do with the other. One has nothing to do with the other. Okay, all right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I like the way you kind of put that. Um, but what do you think causes someone to think that cheating is okay in a marriage? Well, I mean, I you you know I would use this for an example. Um, sometimes people think it's okay to cheat simply because something may be happening to the other person, like the other person may be sick and, you know, may be bedridden or something like that, and, you know, they think that, you know, they still, the other person thinks they have to live on before the other one, you know, clocks out, so to speak. So they, you know, they end up, you know, some somebody catches them in the door, you know, uh, 
low moment. And then, you know, another relationship begins and they think that that's okay since the other one is sick. Or maybe the other one may even said, you know, you can find somebody else. But that's after, you know, it's supposed to be after that person is gone, not before they're gone. So, you know, that's one example of, you know, other, you know one of them thinking it's okay that, you know, they could do that. Okay. Well, Eminem, why do some couples wait 10, 15, 20 years in the marriage to get a divorce? I mean, do things change over long periods of time? I mean, what do you think the reasons could be? Or name some reasons you think that can make someone wait that long or get that far into a marriage and get a divorce. Okay, well, historically speaking, the main reason for a certain time period was just letting the, uh, you know, for the, you know, maybe for uh, children or something like that. You know, it used to be cliche where a guy was like, okay, I deal with this shit, but, you know, as soon as this last kid graduated, I'm gone. Um, That was one that was pretty popular, you know, know really before our time but um but now uh since women are feeling feeling more empowered and that kind of shit um you know a lot of times when when people start out you know one person will be growing and the other one will be stagnant and it becomes a mismatch like okay when we met you know you know I was working at McDonald's and you know you were uh the she was the cook in the kitchen at a school and shit and you know she started kind of moving up and now I'm still you know working like you know fast food jobs and shit like that 10 years later now she's in a whole nother social group you know that kind of stuff so uh once one spouse can um and it is it's really just you know expanding on what buck already said and crystal too about growing apart but that's one of the main reasons in modern times is there is more career advancement opportunities now it's more people going to college and advancing careers than ever before even though you know the stats gonna make it sound like it's just dead in jail and pregnant but it's just the opposite you know even for black people um and then the third reason now this is one that everybody can can jot down is 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 the damn internet like a a, a a man or a woman at one time, hell, if you was married or in a long-term relationship a certain time, had people stay together because they like, shit, man, I don't even know how to start. If, uh, you know, I'm back out there in the game. But now, the Internet, you know, you can kind of brush up your skills. You got, you know, <laughs> dating sites for the people who want to go that route and all that. So it's easier to not be a trap, you know, uh, as far as the – uh, uh, especially maybe more so women or whatever. Uh, they they don't feel like they they can't start over. The internet allows uh, you know so much networking, and you realize you have so much in common with people you never even seen before in your life. And you know a lot of people are using that to you know move on. You know. Okay. Yeah. That's true. I mean, there's some people who go that route. Um, now, Crystal, uh, as far as why people wait so long to get divorced, do you think that some couples wait until the kids are grown, um, despite being unhappy with one another? And if so, is that a good thing? Well, it's never a good thing to, um, to be, have a, uh, a relationship 
and be unhappy because your children will notice that and they will it will still it will still hurt them because they're seeing it on a daily basis as opposed mm-hmm. to seeing you to separate, get divorced or whatever, and then see you happy um, as a result or better. So, I mean, that's never a good thing, although a lot of people do do still do that. I mean, I, I there are plenty of people who stay together for the children, and not just for the children, but also for the life of being married, of being um having a family and a home. And also financially it's like immediate and finance doesn't mean that, you know, now I'm rich and then without him I'm poor. I mean just generally I'm comfortable, you know, well we have a home, we have two cars and there's things with the money coming together that we can do that we can't do separate because when you divorce, that goes on your credit, you know. Mm. And it's the most, of course, that's the most ridiculous thing for to me. But it does. Yeah. It goes on your credit because it says that that's something that you failed at. And then that's another thing. It's failure. I've failed at yet another relationship, um, and a pretty big one, you know. And I don't have to break up my home. I have to break up. Um, family dinners, family life and vacation. I mean, all this stuff, it's a whole lifestyle that you're you're giving up. So you tend to want to hang on to that as long as you can so you may cheat on the side if you two are not getting along or whatever, but you want to keep that, you know, lifestyle of the family, which includes, of course, your children. And then a man may think, okay, if I leave her, A, I'm going to have to move out. I'm gonna to have to find another place. I'm now. Now I can't even see my kids, except even if everything is great. And she's like, "Okay, you can see your kids anytime you want." But still, I can't see them every day. I can't wake up to them. They can't, uh-huh. you know, jump in bed with me. I can't, you know, see them all the time in breakfast and stuff like that. So I have to wait for the weekend or whenever you know it's been worked out that I can see my children. Um, and then it, it breaks up everything. I mean. There's more than just two people when it comes to a marriage. You you talking family and all this all these things and um holidays. I mean it's a lot that you're giving up. Um so so anyway, so that's I think that's one of the reasons the the reason why people tend to stay longer unless there's of course abuse or something like that, but just all things equal. Yeah, I mean you're giving up a lot. Hey, hey, Q, to, to show you how much Crystal on the money with that one, I got an example that that most of us can relate to just because we, you know, know them from seeing them on TV or whatever. But uh, based on some of those examples what Crystal was talking about, especially from maybe the guy's view, I honestly don't think Venus and Serena will be where they were today if their parents were divorced, uh, you know, in the early years versus after they was pretty much grown and already established, uh, you know, in the tennis world. Because uh, some of that daily time and all that type of shit would have probably, it, it was probably necessary to get them to that, to that level like that. So, right. Uh, so, and I mean, of course, that that's not the situation with every person, but uh, uh, especially guys that have a lot invested in uh and a kid, especially like an athlete or something like that, it might sound selfish or whatever, but 
you know, if you're training a a, a a baby Adrian Peterson or something like that, and you, in your mind, you like, shit, should I deal with this shit a few more years and, you know, and train them every day or just leave and just get them on the weekend. So, you know, you got some people actually think like that. But but uh, Venus and Serena dad is an example of something we all can probably agree on that uh, they probably wouldn't have got to that level because, number one, their mom might have said, you ain't got to play tennis if you don't want to at all. You know, shit changed when it's a divorce, so, <laughs> you know. Okay. All right. Well, um, I, I agree. I definitely agree with, with Crystal when she said that kids can see the unhappiness if you decide to stay so it can still do harm. Um, however, if you're able to make it work and fake it till you make it, then, you know, maybe you can hang around until the kids get old enough to kind of, uh, you know, understand life a little better and not necessarily be traumatized by it and think that they ran daddy off or that they ran mommy off or something like that. So, um, but I would just find it very difficult for people to stay together if they're unhappy and think that the kids aren't going to notice. But, uh, Buck, can a midlife crisis cause someone to want a, want a, a divorce? And if so, can you give an example of one? Well, if I give you, I give you an example. If the finances are not right, and say that, you know, one of them decides that they want to go out and buy, you know, one of those hot cars, you know, like a Camaro, a Mustang, a Corvette or something like that, and go buy this without them... You know, one of them is, you know, financially set. The other one is not so much. So, really, you know, you start to budget together, and the, the other person goes out by a car without asking and, you know, come home and the Corvette's sitting in the yard or whatnot. And that really just, you know, that's just something that, you know, you're really not supposed to be buying, even though, you know, one of, you know, the person that bought it can afford it. But, you know, you, you're supposed to do it together, so you go out and buy this car, and, you know, it does sort of financial strain, and that could be the strain that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. And, you know, in okay. that case, the other one just says, fuck it, you know, I'm getting divorced. You don't ever listen to what I'm asking you to do. Now you can go out and buy this damn Corvette, and we don't need it, you know, and you know, you, y'all had to even discuss it. And still went out and did it, and, you know, that's enough to, you know, break up a marriage. Okay, so you're talking about someone um, going through a midlife crisis and buying something without permission of right. a spouse. Okay, all right. right. And Eminem, um, can you think of any other examples of how a midlife crisis can lead to a divorce? I mean, when someone goes through some type of change and, and you know, yeah, any man, examples uh, there? Yeah, you, you got a... You might have, uh, especially with females, uh, if they may have been uh, maybe not as of, as attractive when they first met the guy or they was a large girl, now she's kind of got herself together or had some kind of surgery or something like that, and they're getting attention, and, you know, and they really realize that the guy they with, they just kind of settled with them because they might have had a, not necessarily a low self-esteem like a, you know, like the stereotype version of a low self-esteem, but you know, maybe they figure like, shit, you know, uh, you know, I just have to deal with this because I know I'm not, you know, gonna really get the kind of guys I might be really attracted to or something like that, or with a certain amount of money. So when they see that kind of change coming on, you know, 
That's one midlife crisis. The same way with a guy, you know, when they came out with Viagra or whatever, you know, that rejuvenated some dudes and shit, man. You know, some of the older cats. So they was just like, you know, uh, especially if their finances were pretty good. You know what I'm saying? You got all these, you know, these young, airheaded chicks walking around here following this no guidance. I mean, so that was just like a uh, a kid in a candy store. You know, an old man with some money and a, and some, and a, and a thing of Cialis or something. So, um <laughs> You know, so them thoughts that normally wouldn't be in a dude's head at a certain time period may be popping in his head, you know. And uh, and with women, you know what I'm saying, it's just like a lot of times uh, with the modern-day just bombardment of self-help books and how to do this, how to do that, and, you know, Steve Harvey just, you know, going against it, breaking every man law violation period, teaching these hoes the game, you know, all that kind of stuff is uh, just, it, it created like a situation where you have people thinking things that they normally wouldn't have thought. I mean, not that being educated is a bad thing, but, you know, it's just like where this woman is, is happy being a, housewife or whatever, now, you know, these damn women livers got you thinking you're a slave and all this kind of shit. So, uh, you know, just it just starts slowly changing, you know, and uh, it can cause people to just, you know, seek, you know, outside and maybe make them feel elevated or something, you know. But it, it's okay. so much harder in modern times for really the more secluded someone is, the better chances of, uh, I mean, it, it don't mean the thoughts are not there, but the opportunity is much greater for a guy, you know, working on 42nd Street in Manhattan, you know, surrounded by a bunch of interns than maybe a farmer out in the middle of Iowa or something and the next neighbor is 20 miles away. Yeah, well, they have uh, a farmer you, dating site now, so. <laughs> a what? <laughs> Yeah, there's an all farmers dating site. I kid you not. I saw a commercial for it. Oh shit! Yeah, damn. Farmers. Okay. They can. I don't they heard can plow. It yep, they can plow fields like they like they want now. I thought Christian Mingle was bad enough, but damn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, farmers only. But um, I, I think when I think about a midlife crisis, I, I mainly think of guys who go after older guys who go after younger women, and you know, older women who go after younger guys. Uh, with the Internet, things are so accessible. People are, and you can kind of reach out and touch someone at any time. And um, then you have all these interest groups where you can join groups, you know, with, you know, young men looking for older women or young women looking for older men. I, I mean, so you can find groups specific to what you're looking for and possibly, you know, have that going on. So, when I think of a midlife crisis, I think of someone who's struggling with their identity. And like Buck says, maybe you want to buy a Corvette or, you know, maybe you want to date younger. Or maybe you want to start getting tattoos and cosmetic surgeries. I mean, there are a lot of things that can turn your mate off um, if you start going about trying to make changes to yourself uh, for one way or another. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. And I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the second half of the topic and bring some other people on the line. 
Hey, this is Lisa Dean from ChilltownTV.com and Lele's Ultimate Date from Hell, and you are listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. All right. We're back on the Talk to Q radio show. That was a little Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald. That's 1985. It doesn't sound like that song is that old. 1985. I love that song. Love it. All right. Let me bring on from the 732 area code out in Jersey, Ray and Amanda. How are you all doing? Good, Keith. How are you? Good. How's everybody tonight? Doing well. Doing well. Glad to have you all on. And let me go to Skype and welcome in Mr. Solution. It's been a minute. How's it going? It's going very well. Thank you. Yeah, I'll uh, approach it from this angle. I'll probably get less pushback, and it'll be more politically correct. Actually, it's men's fault. It's men's fault that there are more uh, divorces. Uh, I'm going to assign responsibility mainly to the uh, men because they've lost their guts. They don't speak up. You you don't hear from them as to what they want. I don't even know what men want, and uh, that's because they don't say it. And so 80, 85% of divorces are initiated by women in America. So I think that, um, you know, in addition to what you said in your um, opening, um, in your introduction, rather, uh, it, it, I think it's definitely that. Men don't step up. They don't speak up. They allow women to just run roughshod over everything. And the reason women apply for divorces is because they can take everything. The courts will give them everything and then even pad it if, um, if they, you know, request a divorce. And most men don't get a prenup that is a personal prenup. So women can get the cash, the kids, the 401K, the house. They can get everything and then go out and get their next bad boy. So that's a major reason that uh, there are so many divorces. What do you think? Okay. Um, anybody anybody disagree with that? I think it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, he's on point with that, uh, especially with, uh, with the way the court system works. I mean, it's tailor-made for a woman to initiate it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shit. She ain't got nothing to lose. And then even even when the even when she she the one in the wrong, hell the half the time the court's still on the side, well, you know, well then they start talking about all this mental cruelty shit and all this kind of stuff. So they're gonna make the guy out to be you know, they're gonna make the guy out to be the jerk either way it go. Well, the guy kinda of makes himself out to be the jerk because he doesn't he doesn't mount a um a decent defense. I mean guys just being a man. Guys just sit back and, and let Everybody kick them in the teeth. If you want to win against a guy, you you use a woman. You go through a woman. She can, uh, you know, rip him apart. And he will just say, okay, 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 okay. And um, that's really what you have. The courts are just doing what the men allow them to do because there are plenty of preventatives that men could take. The number one thing they could do is just start speaking up letting women know what they want, that way they would weed out the women who are no good, who, you know, aren't good girlfriend slash good wife material. And yeah. oftentimes they wouldn't get involved with that woman in the first place. But, Mr. Solution, so, I mean, that's, awesome, only, that's, uh, only was, that's only if she was honest. If the chick's scheming, she's going she gonna to come off perfect. 
So you're not going. No, to that's not that true. Out. That's no, not that true, and true. I'm going to tell you why. The two ways you vet a person is with uh, quality time and effective communication. If you spend enough time with a person and it doesn't take that long, you can get to know what that person is like. And then, say, for example, if you say, well, maybe they can play and hang back a little bit. Okay, ask them how do they feel about a prenup. You can't really escape that. That's right. Okay, so there are answers. Men have just become lazy and shiftless and just, you know, doormats. That's the problem. Yes, I, I agree with that. I think as time goes along, it's going to get worse and worse for men in this country, and men are doing it to themselves, you know, with all the laws and the she say ain't no more he said she said is what she say. He say she was raped. Oh, you blood alcohol four times over the legal limit. Why you the only one guy to control your alcohol? You understand? <laughs> but right. anything else right. in America, if you was that intoxicated, they wouldn't believe shit you got to say. But, yeah, she say this, got four guys about to give them 20 years each, and everybody cool with that. And then you find out this whole thing and fucked five guys last week. Oh, we can't bring that up. That doesn't have nothing to do with the case. We're going to destroy everybody's life because this is what she says. Say yeah, and court. it's been discovered that over 70% of rapes are false, false allegations. Yeah. They're false. Look at that situation about. with Kobe Bryant. She had oh, yeah. uh, several other men's so semen in, in, in her <laughs> Well, I definitely don't want to take this in a, into a rape discussion, but um, I, I get what you all are, are saying. But um, I, yeah, I well, do the real point, yeah, is, yeah, is exactly the men have no power when it comes to see women have uh, broached the um, the judicial system, and they have gotten huge muscle. In fact, it's called leverage. You know, if you study judo or whatever, but this is legal leverage, and they can actually, you know, bong men over the head. Uh, with the very system that's supposed to issue out fairness and, and impartiality. But it's really men's fault. And until men reattach their balls and just are able to say the truth, just that's state right. the truth, you, you know, it's it, it's only going to get worse. There's a book by Dr. Helen, I believe her name is Helen, Helen Smith, Ph.D., and it, it's called Men on Strike. Men are just giving up. <laughs> They're just giving up. I mean, if you want to conquer a man, just let a woman start talking. He won't argue with her. Yes, yes. And she doesn't have to be his wife, even his girlfriend. She can just be just just a a stray woman. And and, 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 once she starts talking, he just, you know, clams up. Go ahead. Well, yeah, but that's called the legal system, like you just said. It works in women's favor. So guys are conditioned that if you just... You know, come strong and all that shit, man. You get all these allegations put on you. You know, you you threatening. <laughs> well, and no, all no, no, I'm shit. sorry, sir. Maybe I miss you didn't understand. I mean, like right here. If you get a bunch of men and women talking here, men will clam up and kowtow. On this show, not me, partners. Well, okay, maybe <laughs> not this show, but 99.9% of other shows. Say, I'm hey, just saying when men right? and women meet, uh, 404 when they meet in shows, public, when they meet, 
when they meet anywhere, women, women, men give women the advantage, and that's just reflected in all phases and facets of life. And so men just need to start speaking up and saying what's on their mind. If we're going to be partners, I deserve to be treated like a partner too. A relationship well, is not just for your consumption. Yeah, but some of that is because right. so many men are raised by women jump, now, so maybe they should on let me jump in here because we're getting way off topic, but I understand what you all are saying. But I want, I want to get back to the to the questions here. Um, now, uh, I, I but I do agree that uh, that that men do have some fault when it comes to some of the things they experience in the court, especially being that men kind of wrote the laws. So I mean, you would think that they were not. You know, it's kind of ironic that the laws don't favor them, but you know. That's the power of a woman. So, but back to the the questions about the divorce and Crystal, I'll go back to you. Um, again, you have people who have been married for a long time, and maybe part of the thing is maybe they shouldn't have been married in the first place. Um, maybe sometimes some people settle, and you know maybe it seems okay, but then over time, there's certain things about that person that you didn't like to begin with that really start to grow on your nerves, like Chinese water torture almost. So, I mean, is it just possible that maybe it's not infidelity, maybe it's not money issues, it's just a person just gets on your nerves, cabin fever, and after nine, ten years you say, I'm done? Well, I think it's, uh, I think someone said it earlier, um, people change. Um, and sometimes it's not just the fact that, you know, I'm waiting for the kids to grow up. It could be the kids have grown up and now we're sitting at looking at each other and it's just the two of us after, you know, 20 years or 14 years or whatever. Now it's just us. <laughs> and 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 who are we now? I mean, we're not dad and mom and all that anymore. Um so we have to kind of rediscover each other and that's um I had a friend um, who they decided that once their children were grown and they got remarried, you know, they re they recommitted themselves. I think recommitment ceremonies are, are a great way to, you know, to say to each other, we're starting over, we're starting new because we're different people now. We've gone through so much and we're not the same. So, and that's that was a positive situation of course for them but for for others it it can come to the point where i loved you then and i loved our life and i love our children and our home and our family and all that but now i'm i'm want to do something for myself and i'm i'm, I'm okay. a different person now and and he's thinking the same thing we we are not the same anymore and it and we grew apart you know basically and and our lives are and while we're still relatively young, you know that's that's yeah. fun. Yeah, if you, you know, get married young, you have. If you get married young, I can definitely see some people following into that scenario. Um, so I totally get that. And but well, in your sixties too. I mean, you're sixty years old. You're like, I mean, I, I may have another forty years to go. Who knows? But do I want to spend my next forty years with you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I want to move on. Yeah, like so. Hugh Hefner does it every every year. And uh, Buck, 
how much does a change in physical appearance um, affect a long-term marriage and maybe bringing it to an end? And um, it's not always about gaining weight, too. Um, I know someone who's in, well, they weren't married. They were in a relationship, and he got upset that his woman lost weight because he kind of liked her at the size that she was. But, I mean, how much can physical change in appearance contribute to um, a long-term marriage coming to an end? It, it can. I mean, you, you know, when you marry somebody and you know, you're supposed it's supposed to be forever. But, you know, we know how you know how we know how things are in today's time. Um I have a friend down here actually that um he actually liked his wife on a little bit on the heavier side and um she ended up you know, she had some health issues and did not want to, you know, succumb to those health issues so she started losing weight. And he was actually jealous that his wife was losing weight, and they actually broke up over it because, you know, he uh, he wanted her to be to, to stay big. I don't know why that was. He knew that she was going to die. Security. Could have been talking about us with Warner. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, so you know, she, she actually looked fairly decent once she started losing weight and staying healthy, going to the gym. No, he could have. You know, what he should have done was, you know, he could have gone in there and, you know, got himself in shape because he also has some health issues as well. But, you know, he ended up uh, divorcing her. Now he's not doing – he's on his deathbed now, and she's doing fine. And, um, you know, the b- bad part about that whole deal, if he would have co-signed on what she was doing and doing the same thing, they could have, you know, enjoyed their new life together, you know, healthy instead of, you know, being apart and divorced. So – you know, it's you know, it doesn't make sense. Okay. All right. And um it does happen. Physical appearance plays a huge part in a lot of things, especially when it comes to guys, because guys, you know, we always say that we're visual and so um and guys like to go younger as well, even though women do it too. But um I think it does play a role in some of those. But uh, Amanda, does a divorce being easy to obtain, as well as being socially accepted these days, um, are, are those some of the driving factors for the high divorce rate? I, I mean, because it's not like any type of scourge or shame anymore for most people to get divorced. And, um, you know, it, it's not all that difficult depending on where you, where you live. Yeah, it's not like it used to be back in the day. They used to say like a Mexican divorce because you – to go to Mexico and get a divorce real easy, but it's kind of like now it's not it's not hard like it used to be, and it doesn't you know they even have billboards you know x amount of dollars you know for a divorce mm-hmm. so um I think that yeah, just the time's changing, and a lot of things are quicker and easier. A lot of people probably stay together because you know of course there's the obvious reason, like uh was said earlier about having kids together. But a lot of people did it because they didn't want to want to pay the money. You know, as the song says, it's cheaper to keep her. So, right. Um, and now you have, I think nowadays you have where people actually, it's not where, you know, the whole marriage, the guy was working and the woman was at home. That's rarely the case anymore. So they're both working. So I think it's a little bit more of an even, I won't say an even split, but it's not like, you know, if me and my husband get a divorce now, all of a sudden, you know, the past, uh, almost four years, I've been at home, 
doing nothing and he's been taking care of me or I've been a homemaker or taking care of the kids and not working outside of the home. So it's, it's, is different. It's not the way it used to be. So I think that just the time changing along with things being easier makes it makes it a, a little bit more acceptable. Okay. Okay. And um I mean, yeah, you have divorce attorneys now um that specialize in it because it's it's a big business, you know. And uh it's it's just something that doesn't seem all that difficult depending on um, the state you live in, and the circumstances. And, Mr. Solution, I'm going to run this by you. Um, here in Mississippi, gay marriage is not legal. However, there's a couple, um, two ladies who got married in California who now reside here in Mississippi, and they want to get a divorce here in the state of Mississippi. Can you grant a, div- a divorce for a gay marriage in a state that doesn't legalize it? I mean, is it that acknowledging you know, I, I'm that not gay sure marriage by doing I'm, I'm sorry. That's all over the board now, and that's being handled in the courts. Now, supposedly it was by uh, state by state because states have sovereignty in that particular area. But now they've taken it to the Supreme Court, and we just have to see. I don't know. But what I would like to just offer briefly is that communication is going to govern everything we're talking about, effective communication. So like the gentleman was saying with the guy who didn't want to, uh, you know, step up to the plate and start exercising for his own health. And, you know, obviously he didn't want the woman. He was insecure. Uh, All of those are communication uh, issues or lack thereof. Okay. Okay. And uh, Ray, I'll, I'll ask you as far as the the question about the um, the gay marriage thing. If a state doesn't support gay marriage, can they grant a divorce of a gay couple? Or I mean, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't think they should. I mean, does that open Pandora's box when you do if, that? Are you basically acknowledging that you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if, gay marriage? if you don't support something, that means that you don't think that it should be legal. If you don't think it should be legal, then you cannot uh, give them a divorce. I mean, to me, if they was in such a hurry to get married, fuck it, let them stay married. But, you know, don't bring that shit to a state that don't want it. Take it up to <laughs> the other 30 states or whatever that, that got involved with it. You know, how are you going to fight to get married and fight to get married, and then you finally get married? Now you're trying to make history again by getting a divorce. Man, I tell them, get the hell up out of here. I mean, no and technically, if I could just throw this at you. And, oh. You said what? No, I was just going to throw a point. Technically, and I can see where that would be used as a, as a, um, as a legal maneuver, but the way you posit the question, the answer should probably, logically, it should be no, because they've they've said we won't marry you, so obviously we don't recognize it, so we can't uh, offer you a divorce. But if they did, and if you look at this from a legal strategy standpoint, if they said, well, we hate it anyway, and thus we'll grant a divorce, well, automatically you have entered into... You, you know, the situation to where uh, now you're invested in that situation. So 
I would say right. the way you presented it, they should just say hands off. You know, we we're not, we aren't touching this. And that's what I was thinking because one of the judges was saying that he's against gay marriage, so he doesn't see the problem of granting the divorce. But I'm thinking yeah. if you do grant a divorce of something that you don't even acknowledge to exist, you're therefore you acknowledging the door. that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But uh, it's going to be interesting. They call to see that in law. He will out. set a precedent. Exactly. Yes. And um, so I'm curious to see how that's going to to turn out. But, but he um, should be smart enough to know that. <laughs> you would think. You would you think. think there yes. Some, there were some other judges that said they needed to go back to California where they got married and get it taken care of there, and um, you know, which is where Ray was alluding to. So, but like I said, we'll see what happens, and I have to follow up on that story to keep you all posted. Let, let me just throw this at you, and I don't have my Constitution open right now, but in the Constitution, there is a clause where if you get married in one state, all states are obligated to re- That may be the full faith and credit uh, clause. All states are obligated to recognize it. But since this marriage uh, between gays have has, has arisen, I mean, there's been so much back and forth, and what they're trying to do now, and I just keep up with it kind of tangentially, uh, what they're trying to do now is just go state by state because some states are rejecting it. But I can just do a quick prognostication. Eventually they will get it. Why? Because they're very powerful. Uh, They're working on this 24-7. They have a lot of money. They're well-funded, and they will eventually get it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, I actually want to um, – I'll go ahead and, and close the div- divorce topic and, and basically just say that, um, like I said, I've encountered quite a few couples over the last few months who have been married for nine, ten years or more, one as long as 22 years, who decided to call it quits for multiple reasons. And um, – I just started paying attention, and, you know, of course you see celebrities do it all the time. Um, But I just started paying attention, and I was like, wow, there are a lot of people who are kind of like what Crystal said earlier. You know, they're still young, so they may be in their early 40s or something like that and still have a life to live, and maybe they just choose to go their separate um, ways and do the things they never got a chance to do before they got married. Maybe they got married young or something like that and missed opportunities. But for whatever reason, right. it may, may I just offer like, this on the ten-year mark? Uh, really quick for me. Yeah, in in Cali, I know in California, if you, once you reach the ten-year mark, there's lifetime alimony. So that is the reason that a lot of couples will bail out uh, prior to the ten-year mark. And I noticed, I don't know if you were alluding to that, but I noticed you you mentioned nine years. I think you said nine years or longer. Uh-huh. But in California, once you reach that 10-year mark, they can invoke the um, lifetime alimony uh, statute. And, yeah, which is ridiculous. But I think that I I remember hearing something about that when um, Kobe Bryant went through his legal issues. I think that was the first time I ever heard of that. Um, not his legal issues, when he went through his, I guess, infidelity issues with his wife. Um, because right. I don't think yes. they, yes. they have been married 10 years yet. So that's pretty interesting. I don't understand that, but that's pretty interesting. But uh, Well, again, it's what we were saying. This, all this stuff is interconnected. That's what we were saying for later. I mean, earlier, is that women have lobbied for that. 
because they have a women's caucus and they lobby for these special rights, you know, such as what we're talking about now. And um, uh, but you can one can get a prenup to obviate that or or to uh, you know get around that. What I call a personal prenup. There's always a prenup because when you sign a marriage license, you know, the state sees that as a business. That that is a business. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. And I want to move. I actually kind of want to stay on the legal side of things. Um, the story I came across. Well, I don't know if it's more of a legal issue than just the story itself. But um, there's a proposed bill in Austin, Texas, that will allow teachers to use deadly force to protect themselves against students without the risk of prosecution. Now, the Teachers Protection Act, which was uh, spearheaded by a representative named Dan Flynn, would allow the use of deadly force in self-defense and protection of school property and to protect others. Now, teachers are already protected under self-defense laws that say they can use force but not deadly force against a student um, if it's justified. But he wants to give teachers that added protection. Um, and it seems pretty interesting. I know they had a recent video that went viral on YouTube um, in the state of New Jersey when a ninth grade student assaulted a physics teacher over a cell phone. I think the teacher took the phone from the student and the student basically wrestled him to the ground and took it back. Uh, now, I don't know if that's something that would constitute use of deadly force or not, but, Ray, I'll start with you on this, and then I'll go to Amanda. Uh, should teachers be allowed to use deadly force? Uh, in my opinion, yes. The way things are right now, because a student may use deadly force against you, and at moments the laws are stacked to where you can't defend yourself or you know, if a guy is 15 and he's six feet tall and he's standing over you or whatever the case may be, you should be able to cold cock him just like a guy 30. You know what I'm saying? He can't put his hands on you, but you can't put your hands on him. You know, I, I disagree with all that. To me, if you're a parent, you've seen your kid to school to learn, you got to have respect for authority, and the teacher's the authority figure. Anytime you want to stand up, you want to pull a knife, you want to pull a gun, or you feel like you want to beat the teacher or you want to disrupt the other kids in school to learn from learning, you should be able to use deadly force on them absolutely so. Okay. Amanda? Amanda? Yes, I'm here. Uh, I, I kind of agree with Ray, but I think that it's one of those things where when you talk about deadly force i think that i think that in some places it might be more warranted than others um if there's a, a area that's prone to violence or a school violence or you know uh students who seem to cause a lot of trouble then i i guess i can understand it but it kind of the thing that worries me is of course when you when you allow that then there will be innocent victims of course and that's the thing that scares me you know if if every teacher is allowed to have a gun or a knife then you know it it just can it can get out of hand um mm-hmm. i so i i i get it and i feel like a teacher should definitely be able to protect themselves and their students their other students but it's just a it's a fine line and i mean that's pretty much the the most i can say about it 
I think it's a, a very fine line you have to walk and you have to make sure that you don't have a scenario where, you know, a teacher just doesn't like a student and says, oh, they provoked me. And, you know, it's just so many different, a million different scenarios I could see where that could go wrong. But on the surface, it could be a good idea in those extreme situations. Okay. Crystal, what do you think? I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I agree with Amanda. I think it's um, it's a slippery slope there. Uh, I don't... You know, when you talk about deadly force, I mean, what the hell is that? I mean, it, I mean these... Yeah, you have some kids who are... You're in a situation instead of having... As soon as you see that there are certain children who may be dangerous or whatever then they shouldn't be in school, you know. You know, you expel them, you get rid of them, you get them out of there, you move them into a different type of school or whatever. But, um, or maybe you need to put in more, you know, more guards or whatever who are able to to carry, you know, guns or other type of um, weaponry that is not deadly. Um, but I just feel that that, yeah, that is... That's a slippery slope. I mean, first of all, you think about these teachers who come to who who are in a in a situation where they are dealing with a more dangerous population or whatever. Um, so they're already on edge and they're already, um, you know, kind of on a defense anyway. So if a child, I mean, and you, you're talking about teenagers who are, you know. They say stuff all the time. They do all kinds of crap. They probably, you know, disrupt the class or whatever. So instead of sending them to the principal's office, you just pull out your gun and shoot them. I mean, and so, okay, now we can get back to work. I mean, I, mean, I don't – I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's just a – I'm amazed that the – that this even came about, that that someone even said, I think we should have this should be a law. I mean, what? I don't even understand that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have to look, I haven't, I need more information about uh, what the law states outside of um, the norm, normal law of, you know, like, like for instance, someone comes into your house and disrupts you, you can shoot them or, you know, protect your home. But, right. um, what exactly I need to know exactly what the law says what what conditions um is this under um so i um i I'm not really fully in agreement with this because I don't have enough information to make a a, a logical statement about this except for the fact of I just think this is this is a bad decision. I mean, I really think if you have a situation, if you're in a school like that, first of all, how did the kids get in there anyway with with deadly weapons? So uh, most of them won't have a, a weapon on them, you know, because, you know, you have where they come in and, you know, they, what is it called when you come in? A metal detector. And they have the, thank you, they have the metal detector. So, you know, a lot of them aren't armed per se. I mean, they may be big, but, um Maybe yeah, like I said, maybe we need more guards. Maybe these kids shouldn't be in the class in the first place. I mean, yeah. so 
I don't know, I think there are other things that can be done. Um, but yeah, I don't agree with really with this. It's just uh, okay. very slippery slope. And well, Buck, um, if they decide to pass this law, should the teachers be required to receive training? And if so, who's going to pay for that? <laughs> well, we know who's going to pay for it—the damn taxpayers. But um, but you I mean, know, they don't even have enough money for supplies. Yeah, we know that. But that's you know that's going to fall on the taxpayer. You know, the, for the training, it, there has to be training uh, for that. I mean, in today's time, you're dealing, it's a slippery slope to begin with. But at the same time, you know, you got you got teachers that, you know, they need to be evaluated. I mean, let's, let's be real about it. We got teachers that, you know, they went through some, they went to school or whatever, but, you know, they would rather be somewhere else other than teaching kids. I mean, that's really the sad truth of it all, and all all they're going to do if they pass this law is just, you're going to have a lot of itchy trigger fingers on a lot of people that want to just spank kids for no, you know, and they may not be messing up, and they, you know, then they get punishment for it. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, they're going to have to be trained. I mean, anytime you're going to implement something like this in the state, you, ha- you know, you don't have to have the proper training for it because, you know, you, you get sued at a drop of a hat. You know, you you got parents out there that will say, okay, you know, use corporal punishment, and then all of a sudden, boom, they, you know, they do it, and now they're getting sued. You know, they said it was all right. So they're going to have to get some training for sure. I mean, it is ironic that, you know, they don't want corporal punishment, but it's okay to shoot a kid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I do wonder about the, the training itself and who's going to be responsible for that and everything. But, um, Mr. Solution, could this lead, if this is passed, doesn't that just mean that kids will consider packing weapons? You know, the, the last, well, if this is passed, I, I don't know. I don't know. But but if I can just comment on what you originally said, this this is crazy. That goes against the entire tone and tenor of the school system. Now, if a kid comes in that's armed, and from what I heard of, of, of your uh, opener, you said that it, there was a fight and a tussle with, with the teacher yeah. and the student over a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And you didn't mention any weapon, but then you went on from that to talk about the legislation. But, you right. know, no, that's bad. I, I mean, I, I understand about the recent school shootings and this kind of stuff, and I concur with what uh, I think both ladies said, is that you could get uh, more guards and, of course, lethal, uh, non-lethal, uh, non-lethal um uh, measures. But to shoot students, to just talk about shooting students, uh, you know, that's that's a bad fit. That's a very bad fit. So uh, yeah. I think this guy should probably be run out of office for even suggesting that. And I don't, the reason I guess I don't quite agree, it's one thing if there is um, a school shooting and you have someone who is licensed to carry who can protect the kids. I, I completely get that. But just because yes. you're losing a, you may lose a fight to a kid, to me, doesn't give you a right to shoot them any more than it may give you a right to, you know, in some cases you're not allowed to shoot someone if you're losing a fight on the street. 
You know, I mean, right. you, you have to use the force that's being used against you. So um, I don't know exactly how this will pan out. Now, Texas loves their guns, so it could be something <laughs> that um, could pass or maybe even maybe a variation of it. But um, yeah. I just don't really see how it's all going to work out. And I would not feel it's already a lot of people in the country uncomfortable with police who are supposed to be trained. If, if you give a gun to a, you know, a five foot one English teacher and, you know, I, I, I just I don't feel comfortable with that at all. If she feels threatened. Me either. No, I agree 100 percent. Hey, Q, what, what better way to teach the kids the respect for authority? Then to go ahead and pass this law because you cannot have people fighting with teachers and teachers are trying to educate these young people and get them ready for the world, you know, throwing things at them, doing all sorts of things. Sometimes it takes a situation or something to happen for people to say, okay, we can't do this. It's just like I go to court. I'm not going in court person that ain't taking off my hat and all that because they ain't going for that shit in the court. You know what I'm saying? You in, the, you in the place, you get locked up quick if you don't do what they say do. It's already understood when you come in there, you know, and school should be the same way. Other kids shouldn't feel threatened by other students, and they shouldn't be bullied or intimidated by other students. And I'm not saying because you get into an argument, pull out your gun and start shooting. I'm saying if a guy gets out of hand and he's clearly beating somebody or getting the best of them or whatever, you broke your your rights right there when you started beating on your teacher. So something bad is going to happen when you do that. And I think as taxpayers, we can't afford to have people doing this no more. And that's the problem. Every time we come up with a law, it's always well, we don't think this is good, that's good. But people victimizing innocent people isn't good either. And we got to guard against that at all means necessary. I mean, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I don't like, I still don't like the use of deadly force. You talk about maybe pepper spray or a taser, then maybe that's something that can be brought to the table. And then at no. what age, at what age do you, do you um, enforce this as well? I mean, you have some 10-year-olds who are pretty tall. I mean, do you shoot a 10-year-old if he looks menacing or something like that? I I just don't agree with the idea at all. And then you're basically um, entrusting, literally entrusting your child's life based on the teacher's judgment. And, I mean, I I would rather, I want to teach, I trust the teacher to teach, but I don't trust them necessarily to have judgments in certain situations that may require a quick response. Um, and right. I just don't want to hear, I'm, I, I'm sorry, you know, at the funeral when mm-hmm. they shoot the wrong kid because they, they don't really know how to shoot, or, you know, they fire into a crowd. I, I, I mean, I'm just not comfortable with the situation. If we're having a problem with police, then I, I know we'll have a problem with teachers. I think it would be, you know, right. three times as worse. And I don't think it would deter a lot of kids. It may deter um, some of the ones who are, like, borderline, but as far as the knuckleheads, they're going to be a knucklehead regardless. Yeah, but they'll be a dead knucklehead. I mean, if the teacher gets it right and doesn't kill someone else in the process, that's my concern. 
But, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty interesting thing. We'll see what happens uh, going forward. All right. Next week, um, I am going to do a, a sports show next week. Zone coverage will air on Monday, but it will be an hour early. It will be at 9 p.m. Eastern. Probably just an hour show. I'm going to try not to be late. Um, and we'll discuss some things that have been going on, um, boxing, um, Diana Taurasi, Josh Gordon, things like that. Um, on next Tuesday's show, it's entitled, Who Do You Trust? And we'll take a look at your friends and business partners and if they have loyalty towards you. That's Tuesday, February 10th at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. All right. And I will go with final thoughts. And let's see. I don't have a little side question to throw out to anyone tonight. So we'll just go with final thoughts. And, Buck, I'll start with you. Buck. Yo, Buck. Okay. Well, I'll start with Amanda. You know I'm over here laughing, right? I know you are. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There he is. Uh, Great show. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was a little late, so sorry about that. But I definitely enjoyed what I heard. And I wanted to say, because I didn't get a chance to say this when I came on, uh, that was a great song selection with On My Own. That was one of my favorite songs as a kid, but it used to make me cry. I guess as a one-year-old or two-year-old, I knew it was about a couple splitting up. So, you know, that's my little story of the day. But great song, Mm -hmm. great show. Enjoyed everybody. And uh, looking forward to the next show. Thank you very much, Mel. All right. And, Buck, I'll try you again. Great show. Um, I had a lot of, you know, a lot of good good views on it tonight, as always. Um, You know, definitely... You know, you got that insight that I think everybody can use and, and apply. So, other than that, everybody have a great evening and talk to you next time. Thank you, sir. Mr. Solution? Yeah, great show and uh, good topics. And I'll check you out next time and have a great evening. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Ray? Yeah, um, good show from what, from what I can hear, from what I heard. I mean, I know we got it all late, but uh, it's all good. I, and you know, it's just um, I feel like you know, with certain laws that that come up, we always gonna have certain laws that we don't like, and certain laws that we do like. But when it's to protect the innocent or to protect those who are trying to do good, I think that's a law that we should always consider. I heard the points about, you know, we they may hit or shoot the wrong person, which is, you know, very well may be the case. Because, I mean, you got teachers now having sex with students and stuff, so anything uh-huh. is possible that some, you know, people in mind that not, may not be right in getting you know, a classroom or something like that. But I think those would be pretty isolated incidents, but I think that we have to take this country back. In order to take it back, we have to, you know, put authority where it needs to be. Not everybody feeling free and doing whatever it is they want to do, no matter if it hurts others or not. So it was a good show. I mean, 
far as the marriage thing goes, I really didn't hear too much information about that. But I just say that communicate, try your best to get along. And, you know, I know in previous shows he said that, you know, if you don't do it, then the next person will. But all that kind of stuff is loaded because you can be a person that do everything you're supposed to do, but it still may not be enough. They may want a bigger car. They may want a bigger house. Shit, you can't get no blood for no turnip. So you can only do what you can do. Oh, well, if you don't take out, then somebody else will. I mean, you can't look at it like that. To me, you do the best you can. If your best ain't good enough, then maybe they need to get them somebody else. But it's a great show, good topic. And, you know, when is the next show you said? Monday or Sunday? Uh, Sports show Monday. Oh, okay. All right. Monday and Monday an hour early, nine p.m. Eastern. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. And let's see. Eminem has dropped off, and Crystal shut it down for me. All right. Really good show. Um, very interesting uh, topic, and interesting to hear some of the views on. Um, guns in school and I feel that if the teachers can carry guns then I think the students should be able to too. I mean they should be able to defend themselves. <laughs> wild wild west. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's really I mean, come on. I mean, how are you gonna have a gun and I don't have a gun? I mean what what's that about? So anyway, um I think this is a really good time to homeschool. <laughs> uh, I would not send my child to a school that, you know, had this policy. No, no, it wouldn't happen. So anyway, uh, but really good show, and look forward to the next non-sports show. <laughs> Thank you very much, <laughs> ma'am. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And, all right, so um, my thanks to the show legends, callers, tweet chatters, and everybody who participated in tonight's show, you can get a heavy dose of T2Q every day on Facebook. Just search for T2Q and um, ask for an invite to join the private group and join in some of the discussions that we have on the group. In the group, we discuss some of the same things that we talk about on the show sometimes. Uh, you can also email your comments to me at talktoqnow at gmail. Um, And you can Google me, of course, Google T2Q to find out all things related to the Talk to Q radio show. Now I'm going to play a song from a Chicago native, um, Sorantos Meloja. He was on a few weeks ago with a song. Uh, He's back to with another song, and I appreciate him being a sponsor of tonight's show. And it's called We Accept the Love We Think We Deserve. And um, again, I want to thank him for sponsoring the show. You can find out, find more on him at Meloja.com. That's M-E-L-O-G-I-A. You can find him on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and other uh, social networks under Sarantos Meloja, one word, S-A-R-A-N-T-O-S-M-E-L-O-G-I-A. And you can also go to my Facebook fan page at Talk to Q and get the YouTube link to his video for this song. So without further ado, here's We Accept the Love We Think We Deserve. Everyone have a great night. Peace out. 